John Norris for Apologetics.com Radio, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. And uh, tonight, I am actually, I'm in studio all by myself, uh, staring at empty chairs. My co-hosts this morning, or this evening, rather, um, are taking the... Taking the night off, getting some some well deserved rest. So you are stuck with me and just me. Uh, a few things to get out of the way beforehand is uh, we are here in studio for you every single week. Um, we love doing what we do, and uh, we want to do it for you. And then we love to hear from you. So if uh, if you have any questions this evening in the area of uh, Christian apologetics, of course, but anything having to do with ethics, values, religion. Uh, philosophy, stuff like that. I would love to be a resource to you. And uh, give me a call. And um, and we'll go from there. And hopefully I'll be able to, I don't know, either shed some light on the issue or uh, or show you my ignorance. Either, either one I'm willing to do for you. Uh, in that same vein, we are here for you and you are the ones that keep us on the air. We are a 100% listener-supported uh, show. So thank you guys so, so much. We're also the longest running show here on KKLA. Gosh, with more than 20 years, I think, under our belt. Now, I haven't been here for 20 years. I haven't even been a Christian for 20 years. Um, but uh, Harry has, Harry Edwards, he's, uh, he's here a lot in this seat. And, um, and he's doing amazing things there. And uh, if you guys have been affected by Apologetics.com Radio in any way, shape, or form and have uh, maybe gone to our website or just listened to us here on KKLA, um, we'd love to, uh, to get a donation from you. And the way you can do that is if you go to apologetics.com, you can click that donate button. It's tax deductible and it's super easy to do. And like I said, you guys are the ones that keep us on the air. Those donations, every penny goes towards um, funding us and keeping us right here. And if you do want to call, I didn't give the phone number, so that's probably a good thing to do. Jot it down. It's 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-5552. KKLA. Yeah, 888-995-KKLA. And uh, we would love to hear from you. And feel free to call me with any questions that you might have. Tonight, I thought, well, you know, I, I thought I'd talk about abortion. Because uh, <laughs> it seems to be a heavy topic right now. And... um and we're just going to dive right in because it's just me. So there's no, uh, there's no pointless banter. Some of you are cheering. Yes, no pointless banter. And some of you are like, oh, man, I like the banter. Um, well, I'm just going to dive right in. And, you know, when I, I, when I first started this endeavor, apologetics, I didn't even know what it was. You know, I had become a, a new Christian about 16 years ago, maybe. And I was reading a lot. Some people, uh, specifically a pastor, Dave Polis, for uh, Pastor Dave Polis, he's a, he pastors a church in what well, was in Studio City, and now it's in Van Nuys or somewhere in the San Fernando Valley. And uh, and he, through a c- series of events, he ended up giving me an apologetics book, the first one I'd ever received, and I read that. And in it were a lot of answers to a lot of the questions and objections I used to bring up as an atheist. So I was being challenged uh, intellectually by Christian apologetics. And I didn't even know what the word apologetics was, to be honest with you. I just uh, was reading these books by, um, uh, gosh, Mike Lacona, uh, Greg Kokel, of course. I was listening to him on the radio. He's now my boss because I'm I'm a speaker and content provider at Stand to Reason. That's my day job. And um, 
Anyways, and then eventually, you know, I, I heard that word apologetics and I was like, what does a Christian have to apologize for? This is interesting. I'd love to I'd love to learn more. And I Googled it and I, I figured out actually what it meant. You know, it's, it's, it's a word from uh, from apologia from First uh, Peter 315, right, where to give a defense to anyone who asks for the hope that we have. And that word apologia is that defense. So it's a it's a reasoned um, defense of the Christian worldview. And when we do apologetics, uh, I, I think it's an amazing tool, actually, because and the reason why I'm bringing this up, because it, it allows us to take some of these these really lofty ideas um, and, and kind of lift them up into the abstract almost. And it allows us to examine the ideas and see how the ideas fit together and how they line up with reality around us. But there's but it, it, I, I relate to a kite and I, actually Megan Ullman. She's a she's a pro life teacher. She's at Summit Ministries and uh, she works at Life Training Institute with Scott Klusendorf. Uh, she's amazing, and she brought this up in one of her talks. And I thought it was a great illustration. Apologetics is like a kite, where we get to float these ideas up kind of into the sky, and then there's always this tether though, and this tether is always, well, most of the time held by a person, right? And so it's connected to real people. So when we lift these ideas up into the sky and we test them and we, and we try to figure out how, how well they match with, and um, order themselves with the world around us, with reality, the way the world really is, we have to remember that they're connected to people. So, so as we dive into this, I just want to make sure that, that you guys understand that I'm not forgetful that, that each and every one of us has a story and each of every one of us has a story that matters, especially matters to God. And all of us, I think that are listening have in one way or another uh, been affected by the issue of abortion. So I want to make sure, because sometimes like, <laughs> and here's why I say this, guys, honestly, is because sometimes we forget, uh, you know, that that First Peter 3.15, um, it's not just about giving a, an argument. It's not just about giving a, a, a rational defense, uh, you know, for the, for the Christian worldview. Um, but it's also about how we give it, right? Um, so, so we we the, the 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 verses. But in your hearts, receive receive Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer. That's the apology. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. And then we leave this part off. Oftentimes, this is the second half of verse fifteen. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. Verse sixteen, so that those who speak maliciously against you or in your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slender. So basically we, we, we want to be above reproach. We don't want to resort to the, the name calling or the tools of the world. I call it, you know, the slander, the, the name calling, the bullying, the pithy statements. We want to rise above that so that we can go before Christ and, and, uh, and be sure that, um, that we aren't going to be ashamed. Right. So that, you know, that they, they you know, there's any malicious, against us, any malicious claim against us, against our good behavior in Christ, maybe, uh, maybe ashamed of the slander. So uh, we make fools of people. It's like, it's like heaping <laughs> hot coals on people. This is, this is why we, we love radically too, right? We, the, the, when we love our enemies, when we love people who hate us and persecute us, the scriptures tell us it's like heaping hot coals on their head um, because they're expecting us to react like the world, but the world is in darkness. And, and the world, uh, they can't see the light. And because they live in darkness, they bump into reality all the time. And, and this is one of those issues I think they bump pretty hard into. And we want to remember that there, 
that they're that these lofty ideas they're tethered to people and people's lives and people's stories and we want to do what we're doing in a way that's with uh, with gentleness and respect for the person now we uh we have respect for all people what we don't i think need to have is total and complete respect for all ideas because not all ideas are equal all people are equal. And why is that? This is a question I ask my kids all the time. Some of you were probably yelling at me right now. Well, we're equal because we're made in the image of God. That's true. And that's why, that's where we derive our equality from, right? We, and we're going to get to this a little bit, which, um, which is, is part of the, I think the pro-life case is, is there's a, there's an equality uh, that is across the board with every single human independent of, uh, what color their skin is, what color their eyes, how much hair, thank God, because I'm bald, um, how tall or short, uh, where they live, where they're from, what language they speak. Uh, we're all made in the image of God, regardless of what we believe even. So that's important to understand. So we're all, we're all valuable in that. But not all ideas are equally valid. There are such a thing as bad ideas. And actually... You know, ideas have consequences and bad ideas. This is John Stone's read. He says that ideas have consequences, but bad ideas have victims. And uh, and in the abortion discussion, man, there are a lot of victims. There are a lot of victims, you know. But it's important to remember that this is this is a battle of ideas. This is a battle not against uh, flesh and blood, but uh, against ideas. And that's like, and, and I mean, I think it's important to understand and, and recall back to our minds, Second Corinthians ten, uh, three through five. Let me uh, let me pull it up real quick. It's either, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Um, and and so, so there's something ha- happening here. We want to make sure, and at the onset of this discussion, I want to make it clear. One, people are valuable. Even when people disagree with us on very, very important issues, uh, they're valuable and they're worthy, of, they're worthy of our respect. They're worthy of our um, of dignity. I mean, they're, they're of infinite value and worth. They're God's masterpieces. Right, the pinnacle of God's creation. Not all ideas are equal, though. There are such a thing as bad ideas, and our war, our battle, isn't with people. It's with ideas. And I think that that's really important to remember. You know, um, and, and one of the bad ideas that's taken root in our culture is that some human beings don't matter as much as others. And this isn't a new idea. And I think oftentimes people who hold the, the pro-choice. I'm, I'm going to use the term pro-choice. I, I don't like these terms, pro-choice and pro-life personally. But I think, uh, I think when I say it, you guys all know what I'm talking about. So uh, people who are pro-choice probably wouldn't agree that they don't value a whole class of people or that they think that some human beings don't matter as much as other human beings, but their actions speak uh, differently. And, and it, again, this isn't a new idea. I mean, you can go back to gosh, ancient Rome. Um, there was abortion <laughs> in ancient Rome. I mean, infanticide, you know, if, if, uh, if a kid was born, 
with any type of disability. They would just leave the kid out in the elements to die. Uh, fathers had the right under Roman law to even kill their adult children if they were disappointment. Uh, ancient uh, Egypt, <laughs> if you go know the biblical story, they had slaves uh, viewing one person as less than another. I mean, fast forward, bring that all the way to, to our culture uh, in, in our struggle with slavery, with Jim Crow, um, and now modern day slavery, uh, human trafficking, uh, the prison system. Uh, and, and, and something that, if it, that I think is non-controversial is even this is the, the, it's, it's out of this idea that we value one kind of human being over another that bullying stems from. You know, this is, this is why people are bullied because we think, or there's a certain group of people that think that they can sub, um, come on top of another human being somehow because they're less valuable. And this is abortion. I mean, this is where, uh, this is the ethic of abortion. This is the understanding that there is a certain uh, type of human being, i.e. the unborn, that are not as valuable and worthy of life as other human beings. Now, of course, though, there's, they're, coached, they're couched in arguments or, or statements. <laughs> I don't know if they're arguments yet. Um, we can get there. But, you know, my body, my choice uh, is, is one, right? Uh, claimed bodily autonomy. You know, um, you do you, I'll do me. Like, like it's, it's women's health care. It's reproductive care. It's, um, you know, uh, there's, there's all these, what about, what about the health of the mother? What about in the cases of incest or rape? What about, what about, what about, what about? Would you rather have a baby uh, born to an unwanted, fa- an unwanted family and not wanted and suffer living in that or or not, you know, so, so, uh, when it, when it comes to this issue, we have to get the answer of, of human value, right. You know, and, and this issue, and there's something I kind of want to talk about, and I just have a brief outline here. I don't even have a ton to say about it, but like, let's see where it goes is I think the more and more I'm, I'm studying this stuff, the more and more I'm tossing all of these issues in our culture right now, whether it be issues of justice, whether it be issues of abortion, whether it be issues of um, uh, sex and sexuality, gender, all of this stuff that we talk about. We talk about all this stuff here on Apologetics.com radio, right? It all has to do with truth. And I think that that, uh, that, that we have to understand that, you know, um, what happens is, is we're, we confuse moral claims with with claims of personal preference, you know, so, so there, there are two different types of truth claims. I don't know if you know, if you guys understand this, like I, 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 I'll go quickly assuming that you, there's some base here for, for the listeners, but right. So there's two different types of truth claims as subjective truth and objective truth, right? A subjective truth claim that tells you more about the subject than it does the object. For example, if I say my favorite flavor of ice cream is mint chip ice cream, mint chip is the best flavor of ice cream. Now, there's some of you listening, no way, it's, you know, chocolate or coffee or, or whatever, Snickers or whatever. Um, that, the, the, the claim is telling you more about my personal opinion, my personal preference, than it is anything about act, the actual object, the ice cream itself. It's saying, I like this thing. It, it, it's, uh, it's a truth that I create. It's a, it deals with personal preferences. And, and, and all of these types of claims, uh, you know, subjective truth claims, they're equally valid. You know, it wouldn't make me, uh, it wouldn't make any sense for you to come to me and say, 
you know, John, you're wrong on your favorite, favorite flavor of ice cream, right? Yeah, no, because I can't be wrong about, you know, my wife is the most beautiful woman in the world. Like, you know, that's, you can't be wrong about that because that's the way I feel about that. That's what I see. And that's what I, you know, it's a valid truth claim according to me, the subject. This is the way I feel. Same thing with a dessert. Now, there's objective truth claims which tell us about the object, right? Right. So, so, it, so if I say mint chip ice cream is my favorite flavor of ice cream, that's a subjective claim. It's, it's, it has to do with my personal preference. But if I say mint chip ice cream is the cure for type one diabetes, right? I mean, some of you listening, you guys have diabetes. Most of you are like, no, 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 you can't have ice cream. Ice cream doesn't cure diabetes. It can make it worse. It actually, can kill you if you're a diabetic. So it's a different truth, truth claim because I'm making a claim about the object. I'm making a claim about ice cream and, and the relation ice cream has to the disease diabetes, right? And, and, and that truth claim, that truth there is either true or false, right? So, so ice cream could be like it, it, ice cream could be or could be the cure for type one diabetes, but it's not, it's false. That's a false claim. Um, you know, and, and it exists independent of my personal opinion. Like I could think as, as much as I want ice cream to be the, the cure for diabetes, uh, that doesn't matter how bad I want it. It's not the cure for diabetes. And it's, and it's a claim that's either true or false, like I just said. So there are other objective truth claims that <clears throat> right now um, I could say, uh, Joe, um, let's see here. I, I, I could say Abraham Lincoln is the president of the United States. That's an objective truth claim. Now, Abraham Lincoln is not the president of the United States. Uh, that is demonstrably false. It's a false claim, but it's either true or false. You know, or I could say Abraham Lincoln is my favorite president of all time. Now, that's a subjective truth claim. Now, another uh, example of an objective truth claim would be uh, John, me. I'm wearing a blue shirt. Now, I'm not wearing a blue shirt. I'm wearing a black T-shirt right now, but it's a claim that's either true or false. And now, no matter how I feel about that claim, it doesn't change the color of my shirt. I hope this is starting to make uh, some sense to you. It's either true or false. It's a truth that that we don't create, we discover them. Uh, Objective truths are out there and we discover them, which is like really cool. That means there's truths. There are truths out there that we don't know yet that are just waiting to be discovered, which is so cool. Now, why I bring this up at the very start of our conversation about abortion is because we live in a culture that's adopted the idea that, that when we talk about moral things, we're making subjective kinds of claims. Do you understand that in our culture? Morality is framed subjectively. Morality is something that you create according to the culture right now, which is, which is why when, when, when we start talking about moral issues, whether it be abortion or, or religious truth claims, or any of these things, we hear things like, oh, well, that's just your truth. You do you, boo. I'll do me. You leave me alone. You know, you do your thing. You know, that, because, the, the, so it's all a matter of personal opinion, and that's why we hear those things. It's all a matter, we, all moral claims have be, been relegated to the subjective realm of truth. Which is, it's also why people feel, uh, and this is an important thing to understand, it's also why people feel attacked when we address moral issues. When we move into the abortion discussion, it's why people feel like I'm attacking them when I disagree with their 
excuse me, when I disagree with their claims, they take it personally because they're in their own minds. The, the, if you're a relativist or a subjectivist, if, if you're a product of modern culture and you're not quite understanding the difference between the subjective claims and the objective claims, and you think all moral claims or most moral claims are subjective in nature, then you're offended when I bring these things up and I disagree with you because um, you take it personally. Because uh, in, in their mind, in your mind, if you're a subjectivist, if you're a relativist, in your mind, the claim is about you personally. So uh, do, you understand, do you see what that is? And then it also means that there's no objective reality to it. So it's all just a matter of personal preference. But that doesn't make any sense. Because when I say something is wrong morally, like, um, I'll just stay with abortion. Abortion is wrong. You know, it, 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 it's not the same thing as me saying I don't like Brussels sprouts. They're two different claims. I'm saying that abortion is wrong for all people in all times at all circumstances. It is a moral wrong. When I say I don't like Brussels sprouts, I'm making a, and it's an opinion. It's about me. When I say abortion is wrong, it's a, it's a claim about the uh, object, the abortion itself. There's a moral quality to it. And, and when we make moral claims or, or value claims, um, yeah, we're not, we're not talking about ourselves. We're talking about something out there. We're talking about something out in the world around us. We're talking about something about an objective feature of reality. It's not about us or our personal preferences. The claim's about reality. And, and, and it either accurately depicts the way the world really is or it doesn't. And, and, and that's up to us. As living in the world, it's up to us to interact with the world and, and align our worldview the way that we view everything according to the way the world really is. And uh, so, so when we make these claims, we have to test it against the way the, the, way the world really is. So when we talk about abortion, um, the, 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 the abortion issue, we're talking about objective truth claims and issues uh, and, and issues not – subjective truth claims and subjective issues. And in the moment we realize it's an objective issue, uh, something really important happens here. And I hope I'm not, I'm not talking over everybody because this is really important. And the reason why I want to spend like the first segment of the show on this, the moment that we realize that it's an objective issue, something happens with us when we bring the issue. Well, first we don't have to be offended when people question it. It's either true or false. It, 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 the, the, the abortion is either wrong or it's not. So it, it, it frees us up to talk openly and, and, and listen to other people. Remember, we're holding, I'm keeping in mind the, 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 the we have the, the ideas that are up in the sky, like height, so to speak, and they're tethered to people. And when we view our ideas here, having to do with abortion, as objective in nature, we don't have to be offended when somebody questions it. Because it's not a claim about you and me. It's not a, it's not a personal matter. I mean, it, there, there's personal circumstances related to it, so we want to be careful how we tread, careful how we respond, always with, uh, as though seasoned with salt, right? That's how we want to be. We want to be salty, we want to be flavorful, but... 
We don't need to take things personally because it's it's an objective truth claim. It frees us up to talk openly and listen to other people. Um, it also helps us be humble and nice because it's it it it, it isn't just our idea or our, our you know our personal opinion about something. It's objective in nature. So so when I say uh, abortion is wrong, it's not a personal statement. It's an objective truth claim. Which this is the second thing, and this is maybe even more important. Which also what what's it what's that mean about the issue then? If it's objective in nature, and this is something that a claim that I'm making, it's objective in nature. It means I could be wrong, and I'm open to that. Uh, some some of you might be listening right now, and you think I'm dead wrong, and what I'm going to say is going to be dead wrong, uh, and and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with disagreement. I mean, bring your argument, and and then let's talk, because I think it's an important enough t- conversation to have, even with strangers, um, especially in the wake of of Roe v. Wade by the way. So, um, which kind of brings us into the meat, having dealt with this idea that truth is objective, not subjective. And these claims that we make to morality, these moral claims, they're not a matter of personal preference. They're, they're based in their fundamental feature of reality. They're objective in of themselves. The claim I make is about the object itself. It's not my personal opinion. So, so it's, it, 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 this is important to understand. And so people can't relativize it. You know, it's not a matter of personal preference. It's not a matter of you do you and I do me. And, and, and that's not how objective truth claims work. Abortions are, it's either wrong or it's right. And, and we need to figure out through the exchange of ideas what that is. And that exchange of ideas is, is now more important than any other time. You see, when, when the Dobes case was decided, decided, um, so, so the the Supreme Court a couple of weeks ago rendered opinion on that I think we've talked about it here on 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 apologetics.com radio, but the the Dobbs case came down and that in in effect reverses it, it nullifies Roe v. Wade, which with Roe v. Wade uh, in 1973 uh, made abortion legal across across the United States. Um, so, but what this what what this Dobbs v. Mississippi ruling has done is it's shifted. Uh, the 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 issue back to the states for the first time since seventy three, which is which is fantastic. But our battle now has just begun. We haven't won anything yet because now is the time for us to become more equipped on this issue because it's going to come to the states, which means it's up to us to be able to convince our neighbor and talk to them and convince our coworkers and talk to them and, and have these open dialogues about the abortion issue in the hopes of swaying their opinion. So when the issue goes onto the ballot, we can vote and hopefully ban abortion nationwide in, from state to state. And I'm in California. But I got big dreams. You know, I, I serve a big God and he can do anything. Uh, he, he, he changes hard hearts of stone, the hearts of flesh. Surely he can change somebody's mind through an instrument, me and you, to, uh, from, from pro-choice to pro-life. Um, and how do we do that? That's a good question. And that's what we're going to go over after this break. Uh, the first half hour is done. And, um, and I will see you guys in, uh, I think I heard the music. Was that the music? <laughs> there we go and uh and so i'll see you guys in like 90 seconds right after this first break all right i'll be back the mission of apologetics.com this is john MacArthur with another edition of portraits of grace praise the lord is a common expression today 
Some see it as a catchy slogan, others commercialize it, still others reduce it to nothing more than PTL. But despite such attempts to trivialize it, praising the Lord remains the believer's expression of love and gratitude to God. And God desires and deserves your praise. That's why Hebrews 13:15 says, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Praise involves reciting God's attributes and works, giving him honor and reverence for who he is and for what he has done for his people. May your praise follow that same pattern. This is John MacArthur looking forward to bringing you more portraits of grace. Tucked away at Hebrews 11.27. It's to challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe on the radio, on the internet, and now in the Life of the Mind conferences. If you believe in the work that Apologetics.com is doing, we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax-deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air, on the web, and in events near you. Gifts of any amount are appreciated, and it's very simple to participate. Just go to Apologetics.com and click Donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to Apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting Apologetics.com. Tucked away at Hebrews 11.27 is a two-word biography. He persevered. Hello, I'm Chuck Swindoll. He persevered. The he in that verse refers to Moses. Moses was the one who refused to give in or give up. He was the one who decided that no amount of odds against him would cause him to surrender and walk away. He endured despite the contempt of Pharaoh. He endured despite the stubbornness of the Hebrews who grumbled and complained and rebelled. He endured despite disappointments. Whatever it is you're facing, stand strong. Walk in quiet confidence. Be full of truth, balanced with grace. Persevere. Pastor and teacher Chuck Swindoll. Visit Insight for Living's website at insight.org. Tucked away at Hebrews 11.27 is a two-word biography. He persevered. All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com radio show. And just like that, I'm back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. Uh, the first half hour of the show, if you were here, you were turning in. I was talking about the importance of, of truth um, centered and specifically focused in the abortion discussion because I said that, that what's one of the major obstacles to having a conversation with people out in the culture is that the culture has shifted all moral claims into the subjective realm, meaning it's all a matter of personal opinion. Like That's why you hear things like, you don't like abortion, don't have one. What's the word in that statement that I would take issue with? Like. You don't like? No, that's not what I'm saying. It's not, when I say abortion is wrong, I'm not saying I don't like abortion. And it, it's, it, it's like saying um, you, don't, you don't like slaves, well, don't own one. You don't like the Holocaust, um, then don't kill Jews. 
You know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not when I when I say the Holocaust was wrong, I'm not saying I didn't like it personally as a matter of personal preference. I'm saying it was morally objectively wrong for all people in all places at all times. It's always, always, always wrong to own another human being. It's never appropriate and has never been appropriate, you know, because human beings have intrinsic value and worth because they're made in the image of God. And we touched on that a little bit. (coughs) Anyways, excuse me. And so that's what we talked about just a little bit in the first half hour. I tried to lay in some groundwork and it was, it was, man, it felt kind of muddy to me, but it's important to understand this. And I think it's something that's left out of the pro-life conversation as we do pro-life apologetics, as we give offense for the view that, that life is worthy of living regardless of the excuses that are given in the pro-life approach choice uh, rhetoric. Uh, it's important to understand that when we make the claim that abortion is wrong, it's not a subjective, it's not a matter of personal opinion, it's not a subjective truth claim, it's an objective truth claim, and and so are all moral claims. It's not just a matter of personal preference. So with that, guys, I mean, abortion is 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 a hard topic to talk about, and it's not always <laughs> it's not always easy to get in these types of conversations. And I totally understand that. Um, and if you have questions for me, please call. You know, eight 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 nine nine five 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 two eight 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 nine nine five K K L A. And I'd love to take those questions um, for you, uh, and and do my best to answer them. Um, but. Uh, in the meantime, just if, if if you feel like calling, call. If not, let me let me just dig into this issue because we've got, gosh, like twenty five minutes left, and you know, um, people they get upset because this is a hot button issue, especially right now as as Dobes just came down, the, the Dobes v. Mississippi, Roe v. Wade is overturned. Ter- overturned. The issue of abortion is going to come to the states in elections. And the, it's going to be on the ballot, issues of abortions. It's important for us to be vigilant, right? Paul says that, that we should live circumspectly, right? The days are evil is what Paul says. So we always want to be living on guard. We want to be living, looking at the culture, understanding the things that are going on. The battle is a battle of ideas. These are truth encounters, not power encounters. We're not battling people, we're battling ideas. And with this in our mind, we should become trained and equipped how to respond to everybody who asks us for a reason, to have a defense, ask us for a reason for the hope that we have. And that includes on this issue right here, right? And, And we don't need to get upset. We don't need to get angry with people when they disagree with us on this issue because the ideas are... Uh, objective in nature. They're not subjective. They're not attacking you. They're attacking the ideas, which is totally fine. We don't need to take it personally. Um, and and I know that some of us would probably just rather uh, the the conversation just go away, um, but it's not going away. And and especially in light of this decision, and and uh, it, it's more important than ever to become equipped and learn how to speak uh, intelligently on this. And, um, and, and know the facts, like, like 48% of pregnancies are, are unplanned in this country. That's a statistic that's been true for, for ages, you know, and then half of those 50% of those end in abortion. And, and, and currently right now, even with this new decision that came down, you know, even against, you know, all the, the hypable and the, and the craziness that's going on in the political world, uh, this hasn't changed much abortion. Uh, there will still be abortions. Abortion is abortion is still legal, you know, and and it, it's not an overstatement to say that the most dangerous place for a baby in America to be is to be resting in her mother's womb, you know, and and so I want to talk with you about how, about how we as ambassadors of Christ uh, can 
can make America make this world generally safer for the for some of the most vulnerable people among us. And um, you know, there's there's tons of excuses um, that that people use for abortion, right? It's the, the, you know, abortion's a decision between a woman, her doctor, and her God. You know, uh, making abortion illegal will force women into dangerous back alley abortions. We've heard a lot of that recently. Um, uh, uh, women, should, women should have the right to choose. Uh, who, who am I to judge? You know, we hear this all the time. These decisions aren't made likely. They're, they weigh the consequences and they weigh heavily on the women who make them. Uh, women labor over the difficult choice. And, uh, and then they'll bring up things like, you know, hey, 90% of abortions are done in the first trimester. And all of these are logical and, 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 and correct, actually. You know, we shouldn't interfere between a woman and her doctor and, and her God. We shouldn't face or, or force women to, to, uh, into dangerous back alley abortions, right? We shouldn't take a woman's right to choose. We, um, we, we shouldn't judge this difficult decision that women labor over, you know, um, but I'm going to say something that might surprise you. You know, people, they're, they're right when they say these things. If, and this is a big if, if what? It depends upon the answer to another question. And, 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 and that question comes by way of an illustration here. Uh, well, the other day, my kids were playing out back. And Joelle, she, my, my, she's my second youngest. So she's nine. She just turned nine. And they're playing out back, and all of a sudden she screams. I mean, like screams, screams, screams so loud. I've got all girls. And she screams, and she's like, kill it, kill it, kill it. That's what she says. She says, kill it. You know, and, and, and then what is my question to her? What's my question? My question to her is, what is it? Right, because it matters. Because if it's uh, if it's a if it's a spider, absolutely, let's kill it. If it's a snake, hold on, let me come out and let me look at it, and I want to assess the situation. But it probably needs to be killed, right? Uh, if it's uh, a mouse or a rat or something like that, I mean, now we're talking. Okay, if it's a bunny, maybe we'll want to try trapping, get rid of it. If it's her younger sister, we, well, that we're not going to kill anything there, right? We're not going to do that. So the fundamental question here is, 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 is all of those things, all of those excuses rely on one thing, one question, and that question is what is the unborn? You know, and abortion involves the killing and, and discarding of something that's alive. You know, so some people say, well, nobody know when li- knows when life begins. That's just nonsense now because science, embryology has told us when life begins. Of course it's alive. It's growing, and and that's and that's the problem. It, 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 it's you know whether whether it's right or not to take the life of any living thing depends entirely upon the answer to one question: What kind of being is it? What is the unborn? You see, if the if the unborn isn't a, isn't a human being, then there's no issue, right? If 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 it's just a a clump of cells or equivalent to a mole or a wart or or a skin uh, modification, then, then get rid of it. You know, if, if it's not a human being, then no justification for abortion is even necessary. But, but if the unborn is a human being, then no justification for abortion is adequate. Uh, we, we don't kill defenseless human beings for the reasons that most people have abortions. 
right? Be- because we have the right to privacy or, or, or choice because they're too expensive or, or because people don't want them or there's a potential that they're not wanted uh, because, because they remind us of tra- tra- traumatic events and, and, and such, you know? And then and, and sometimes we're going to say, oh, well, there's no easy answer. Well, if I'm right, then, then I think the abortion question is not all that complex, all we need to do is answer one simple question. What is the unborn? And, and this question has largely been ignored in, in the conversation. I know this from experience, um, which, which maybe we'll get to, but I've got a couple callers, so I'd like to take them, and you guys have been hold, so I appreciate that. I'm going to go to David first. Hey, hey David, are, are you with me? Yeah, hi. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm very, very well. Thank you, David, for calling. How's it going? Okay. Well, you know, something that... You know, I know that you know, but that we have to first recognize is all these, especially when you're talking about the objective truth claims is, you know, what is what is the validity of your truth? What is the authority of it? Because if you're not bringing God into the picture, then you can't claim moral superiority on your truth over somebody else's. Sure. well, if you, if, so here's, here's how I'd put it. I would put it that if you don't, if there's nothing higher than yourself, right? So this is the problem with, with relativism, right? Uh, if you're a relativist, and, and atheists are relativists ultimately because they don't have that higher appeal, right? There's nothing outside of ourselves to justify what's morally right or wrong. So when the yeah, atheist or the relativist says, um, you know, I, I saw I, <laughs> I saw a sticker on a car tonight uh, driving in that says, uh, uh, meat is murder, <laughs> you know, uh, ch- chances are that person's probably not a Christian. And my thought that goes through my mind is how are they justifying that? You know, what claims? Cause if they don't have any, if they can't appeal to something higher well, than themselves, it is, it is murder, but it's delicious. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't eat it. Well, murder. So, so I just had this conversation yesterday, two days ago with my daughter. Uh, when we, when we kill a cow, it's not, it's not murder. Like when I, when a shark kills another shark, it, 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 it kills a shark. It doesn't murder the shark, right? Right. When oh, it, kills when it, as opposed to murder, right. When a shark forcibly, forcibly copulate, copulates with another shark, it's not rape, <laughs> right? <laughs> the reason why, the reason why these things murder and rape exist within humanity is because we're made in the image of God and they, they're a violation of the image of God, which is what makes them wrong. Yeah. So on any system, I, and you're, so what you're saying is completely valid, David. It, I think it's a really good point. Um, it's, it's a really good point. If, so if, think, if you, you know, don't have something higher to appeal to outside of yourself, you're just a relativist. And when you claim something is wrong, all you're basically saying is I don't like Brussels sprouts. That's it. Right. In all of these arguments, we just have to get them saved first. And then we can appeal to, look, this is <laughs> something that's made in the image of God. Yeah. It has value. You should not put it, you should not kill it right in the womb. Yeah. And if you don't want it, that's fine. There's another couple that most likely will adopt it and provide a good life for it. That's right. Even if, see, even in the argument of incest and rape, just because the sins of the father, or if you don't want to get into the sin issue, the crime of the father, whoever that guy was, it doesn't matter because that doesn't make the child guilty of what the father did. So that's right. If if you have, you know, you say, I can't look at this, this child because it was the product of rape or incest or what have you. Well, you can 
have it, put it up for adoption and still say, you know, this God obviously wanted this child conceived, regardless of the crime of the father or yeah. sin. But that doesn't mean that now you have the right to, to put it to death. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on there, and I, I completely agree with you, right? Um, holding holding a, in it, there's an in it, there are two innocent victims here in this case, right? Uh, there's there's the 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 victim of rape the and the mother, and then there's the yeah. child, and both exactly. are victims of this one person's crime. So why would we punish? It doesn't make sense to punish an innocent victim for the crimes of another. That's not how we do it in this country. You know, but the problem I think with one of these, and it's one of the points I was going to get to a little bit later if I had time, is is is, and I'll just jump to it now, is that the one of the problems is I think the word abortion has lost almost all meaning to Americans today, right? Because like we we hear these these stories, right? Shout your abortion, or or we we it, it's such a common vernacular now in 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 in, in the culture. We don't really have a, an understanding of, of what an abortion is. And that's where I think like graphic images and stuff like this can play a huge role. Because I know for me personally, when I started looking um, at what abortion actually is, and I don't recommend everybody do this because it's, it's traumatic. But if you were to go online, I mean, I'm doing radio, so I can't show you. I would if I could. If you watch like in a, an abortion um, an actual abortion of what happens or victims of abortion. And, and you see that these are actually human beings. I mean, even today, even today, a lot of people are under the impression that's just a clump of cells. And they don't understand when you go in for an abortion at nine weeks, uh, all your major or the, the nine weeks gestation, all major organs are already developed. Uh, limbs and fingers and hands and toes and legs are already in development. You know, um, it's eyes and the eyelids are, uh, are forming now. So their eyes are closed. There's a heartbeat. Uh, things are happening. It's, it's, it responds. Uh, the baby often responds to the stimulus. So um, when you when if you could see this, and this is why ultrasounds are so important. We restore meaning back to the to, to the word abortion. And I think we would see a, a decrease in this, even in the case of these hard circumstances. And let, let's just be clear too, David. R- rape is awful. Yeah, I mean, no doubt awful. Our hearts need to break for, for these women and they do, but they need to break. And we need to, as the church, we need to stand the, stand in the gap and, and, and offer, you know, uh, restitution to, to the woman. We need to seek justice on, on her behalf and, and try to uh, try to do whatever we can for that woman to make, uh, to help her make that difficult choice. Uh, easier, you know, and then offer whatever that is. Um, there was something else that you said that was really good too. I forget what it was though. (laughs) Well, if, if we could just convince them to, to see the, the point that where someone else has done evil, you could redeem that evil act just like Joseph and his brothers, obviously. Absolutely. You you meant it for good, but God meant it for, I mean, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good in the same way that the, the father meant this act of, you know, basically sexual violation against the woman as evil, she can provide life to this child that might grow up to, you know, do something very valuable in God's kingdom. Absolutely. And, and you know, that's important. And another great argument I heard, uh, just to finish, I'll let you get on with your program, obviously, sure. is that, you know, a baby inside the womb doesn't need anything different than a baby outside the womb 
in that all it needs is air, time, and food. Yeah. And yep. so it grows inside the womb, and the baby grows outside the womb. And if you give them time, air, and food, they will grow up to be what God intended them to be. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's. I think you've brought up a really good, a really good and valid points, David. I appreciate your call, man. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, David. And yeah, that's a great call. I, I I'm so glad that I've got callers tonight because I'm sitting all alone here and I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through, you know, the the hour? But I've got another one. I've got Jan on the line um, who would like to offer a comment. Jan, are you with me? Yes. Hey, thank you so much for your patience, Jan. Well, um, thank you for uh, being available for discussions about this. And uh, I'd like to say that this is such a such a huge, huge topic. And but before getting into any of these details of this topic, it seems to me that. Uh, People can either um, not care about a pregnancy or hate a pregnancy so much that uh, where abortion is being used as birth control. If a person doesn't want pregnancy, then they should easily get use birth control. Birth control is, is readily available even in schools now. So uh, if the idea of a pregnancy is so fearful um, that they'll wait until the proper time for a pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I, I think that, <laughs> I, well, I think it, that there's a, per, there, there's a lot of personal, um, oh man, personal accountability that's, that's lacking. Uh, in this yeah, discussion too, yeah. which is often we don't want to engage in that kind of discussion because we don't want to make people feel bad or whatnot. But I think you're bringing up valid points. I mean, um, a, a lot of us, uh, you know, just say it, have sex and don't get pregnant, right? And and there's certain things that we can do to 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 limit that chance. And and there are there are um, man, what what's the appropriate? We're not. Uh, there are unplanned, in quotes, unplanned pregnancies a lot. I mean, uh, actually, uh, close to, I think I said the statistic, close, it's close to, it's like 50, 46%, close to 50% of pregnancies in this country are actually unplanned. Um, I mean, we have, in my family, we have unplanned, like my, my wife and I, we have un, unplanned pregnancies, meaning, like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, wait a second. We weren't planning that. But then you, it, there's never a question. We're like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense, you know, because <laughs> pregnancy only happens one way. It's not a mystery <laughs> how people get pregnant. Um, so we need to take personal responsibility there, I think. And Yeah, and, and sometimes the, the choice at that point in, in that situation, it's... Um I'm I'm thinking more of the the um the teenage things that are just you know, it's a free sex concept. Yeah. That has just gotten well, in think the way of you've hit that's a of, huge uh, point. 
like what you just hit on is is this idea that what we've done and what abortion has done actually and and they've done a fantastic job in uh marketing abortion i mean planned parenthood and 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 yeah, the government really. uh, they've done a fantastic job because what we're doing is we're taking the consequences out of premarital sex so right. you just you you remove any consequence for premarital sex. It's just like whatever you know. Oh, I get pregnant. Okay, I just have an abortion. Like that's all. I'll go get the Plan B or whatever yeah, so uh, pill. You know, so it, easy. Yeah, it's so, and we're making it so easy. So what? But and and at at what cost? What we've done is we've devalued the human being, which is another interesting point. It's the Christian who has a higher view of 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 the human being. Than, than the culture around us, right? The secular culture, the secular naturalist is ultimately what the culture is. It's, it, it's, it's naturalism uh, lived out. And they have a, a degrading view of, of, of the human body and the human being. We live in a time now where uh, birth control is, is uh, taking the life of that baby and uh, you can mutilate your body to become whatever you want to align with your personal desires. And this is what relativism gets you. And this is why it's so important to understand this idea about objective and subjective truth. Um, there is a fundamental objective truth that undergirds all of reality, right? Uh, and and there's there are certain claims that are true for all people, like men are men, women are women, right? Then that's that's the way it is. God made two genders, and uh, the same with uh, abortion, right? Abortion is wrong because it takes the life of an innocent human being. Right? Human beings are valuable and worthy of life because they're made in the image of God regardless of where they reside, how big they are, uh, what function they have, or what kind of dependency they, uh, that, that they require in order to, to stay alive. Um, and, but this is why I think, Jan, it's really important for us to be having these conversations with each other, becoming equipped, but then also having these conversations with our neighbor in a way that is winsome and effective so that when the issue comes to California, at least, you know, I'm just I just want to get the ideas out there more than ever before in a really good way, though, not like sometimes I hear these guys, these these some of these guys that are just like yelling like on our side and they're they're just I don't think they're being good representatives and they're turning people off. I just want to have I want to be able to talk to somebody about their ideas and show them why I think their ideas are false, regardless of political party or anything else that's going to be a distraction. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I guess maybe uh, in my mind, this is a generational thing or historical thing. I'm I'm in, in an older generation where, uh, as as young people in my generation, uh, we didn't want to even be we wouldn't wouldn't even want to think about the idea of a pregnancy when we were young, and so we didn't have sex. Yeah. Until the right time. And it wasn't, you know, it was just, it wasn't a matter of, uh, it was just, it wasn't even right and wrong. It was just, this is not the right time. And that's, we just don't do that. But now, my goodness, um, things are starting too early now, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, Jen. Jen, I really appreciate you giving me a call. Thanks for your time. Well, thank you very much. I know your time is running out now. It so is. It is. Have a good evening. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. It was really good to, to hear right. from you. And uh, great callers, David and Jan. And, and um, 
And so I'm just going to try to wrap up here because I think I only have a couple minutes left. But if, if you guys remember, I was talking about, you know, can I kill this? And is what we asked, you know, and, and, and the, the answer is no. <laughs> and, the, and, and, you know, um, it, because, because we have good justification and good reasons to accept the idea that, uh, that the thing that's growing in the person is a human being and worthy of life and, and valuable, you know, and, and, um, and oh, I don't even have time. The music is already coming up. But uh, but I want you guys to remember something. You can look this up. Scott Klusendorf, Life Training Institute, does fantastic work on this and uses the acronym SLED to show that uh, that you, we don't ascribe meaning to human life by anything extrinsic, extrinsically. Like like there's no uh, there's nothing we need to add to a human being to give it value. It's valuable in light of the fact that it's a human being. The thing that's growing inside of a, a, a mom is a human being. Science tells us this. This is not, it's not a dolphin. It's not an elephant. It's not a, a koala bear. It's a human being. And so independent of, of any size, so SLED, S-L-E-D is the acronym, size, level of dependency, environment. I mean, sorry, uh, level of development, environment, and degree of dependency regardless of the size it's valuable regardless of the level of development how old it is he or she is it doesn't matter it doesn't add value environment if i go uh if i walk out of the studio right now i'm not any more or less valuable than i was when i'm sitting here right same with the same with the baby that's in that's in its mom's um womb doesn't ascribe value according to its environment. And same thing with the degree of dependency. Just because a human being depends on another human or another human being or a, a machine, a ventilator, doesn't make that human being any more or less valuable. So, um, so I think, is that my time? All right. So with that, guys, I hear the music coming up. And, uh, and I wish I had more time to do this, but I wanted to take your calls. And uh, I'm John Noyes. And uh, as always, this is Apologetics.com Radio. And we are so grateful that you tuned in. And I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend and another great week next week. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.